0: Hello small business owners. Welcome to this episode of the Freedom Focus podcast. Today we're going to be talking about charting a path into the future that is less guesswork and fly by the seat of your pants and much more of a certainty and I might even say a sure thing. Now who wouldn't want something like that? What we're going to be talking about is certainly not new. We're gonna begin by highlighting the anniversary of one of the most significant events in history that took place exactly 500 years ago and which never would have happened without two key ingredients, a vision for the future and setting goals to make that future a reality. I've already spent time in previous articles and podcasts talking about creating a crystal clear vision for your organization. I'm gonna put links into the show notes for today's episode for you to go back and read and listen. In today's show, we're going to focus all of our attention on the second ingredient, setting goals. I know that many of you, if not most or all of you, are familiar with setting goals and have almost certainly set goals for yourself personally and as a small business owner for your organization. However, I can also assume that many, if not most of you, have come up short on achieving some of those goals. And the reasons for that are as varied as the number of stars in the night sky. Today, we're gonna learn a very simple process that will ensure, dare I say, even guarantee that you achieve the goals that you've set. You just need to follow a process. On September 6th, 2022, the world celebrated the 500 year anniversary of the first circumnavigation of the globe. Most people learn in their history books that the man who famously accomplished this feat was Ferdinand Magellan, but they often forget that Magellan didn't actually make it all the way around the world. This event changed history because it not only verified for the world that our planet is round, but it also led to the discovery of a passageway by ship around the southern tip of South America that had only been theorized but not proven. That newly discovered passageway from the Atlantic to the Pacific Oceans has forever since been referred to as the Strait of Magellan. While Magellan cannot take credit for being the first to circumnavigate the globe, he can take credit for naming the world's largest ocean, Mar Pacifico, which means peaceful sea in Portuguese. So if not Magellan, who does deserve the honor of being the first to circumnavigate the globe? Hang in there. We'll be certain to give you that answer before the end of today's podcast. In 1484, to settle a dispute between Spain and Portugal over who controlled the world's oceans, Pope Alexander VI decreed in the Treaty of Tortoise that Portugal had dominion over the eastern shipping routes to Asia, which included the all-important route around the southern tip of Africa or the Cape of Good Hope. This left Spain with no easy way to reach the Malacca Islands in modern-day Malaysia, also referred to as the Spice Islands or the East Indies, where the valuable commodities of cloves, cinnamon, and nutmeg were sold. Magellan had been to the Malacca Islands in the East Indies by the easterly route around the Cape of Good Horn, but was confident after years of studying charts and talking to other world travelers that a route to the west was possible, even though no one had ever traveled such a route. Magellan was Portuguese, but the King of Portugal had no interest in supporting Magellan's expedition to discover a new route. I mean, why would he? He already controlled the known route to the east. However, the King of Spain was obviously much more motivated to find a new route to the west that would not violate the Pope's treaty. He agreed to fully support Magellan's vision for a bigger, better future. And that vision was a world that included a new western route to the East Indies, controlled by Spain under the 1484 treaty. The primary goal of the expedition was to reach the East Indies within two years by way of South America to buy spices. In his best-selling book, Good to Great, Jim Collins would refer to this as the expedition's BHAG, or Big Hairy Audacious Goal. To accomplish the BHAG, Magellan had to establish medium-term goals, and those included reach South America, find a passageway by sea to the Pacific Ocean, and then reach the Malaccas Islands. To achieve the medium-term goals required short-term goals that included secure five ships, 250 crew members, and all the necessary provisions for a two-year journey. Then, reach the Canary Islands, then cross the Atlantic to St. Lucia Bay, present-day Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, Proceed south, exploring the east coast of South America until a waterway that connects the Atlantic to the Pacific is found, and so on. Lastly, there were the daily activities that must be completed over and over again to accomplish the short-term, medium-term, and ultimately the BHAG, including the captain's constant navigation and course corrections, food to be cooked, decks to be swabbed, sails to be trimmed, and bilges to be pumped. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Just like the fable of the tortoise and the hare, gradual and steady progress wins the race. And ultimately, the expedition was successful at accomplishing the BHAG and fulfilling the vision because of thoughtful planning and the establishment of clear goals. But all was not smooth sailing for Magellan and the expedition. Remember, Magellan never made it all the way around the globe. In fact, of the 250 crew that set sail from Seville, only 18 finished the 50,000 mile journey two years and 11 months later, returning back to Spain on September 6, 1522, exactly 500 years ago this year. So what happened to Magellan? And again, if not Magellan, who deserves the honor of being the first to circumnavigate the globe? As my older brother Dan used to say when we were kids, patience, Weedhopper, patience. We'll get to that shortly. Magellan deserves full credit for setting the vision and establishing clear goals for the expedition, putting it on solid footing for reaching the East Indies by a westerly route and ultimately accomplishing the BHAC. However, Magellan made two mistakes as a leader. Both put the expedition in peril and one cost him his life. During the 11-month search along the east coast of South America for a passageway through or around the continent, three of the five ships mutinied, but Magellan was ultimately able to wrestle control of the ships back from those captains. According to an account from one of the mutineers, Juan Sebastian Elcano, the mutiny was caused by a lack of trust in Magellan because he wouldn't show anyone the route he was planning or share exactly where the Moluccas Islands were. Magellan's second leadership mistake was unilaterally changing the objective of the expedition from finding a westerly route to the East Indies to buy spices Two, converting every native in the Philippines to Christianity using force if necessary. Not only did the months-long delay in the Philippines delay the expedition from accomplishing its final goal, reaching the Moluccas Islands 1,500 miles further west, on April 27, 1521, Magellan's change of focus cost him his life in a skirmish with the natives on Mactan Island who resisted his efforts to be converted. After the loss of their leader, hated or loved, the expedition finally reached the Malacca Islands in November of 1521. The two remaining ships were loaded with the spices they came for, but only one ship, the Victoria, was seaworthy and able to ultimately return to Spain. Magellan's expedition reached its objective, despite his flaws in leadership, because it was based on a vision that everyone could support and believe in from the King of Spain to the deckhands on the Victoria. Also, despite the many setbacks, including the loss of four or five ships, the loss of 232 of the original 250 crew members, and even the loss of the leader of the expedition. It succeeded because Magellan set long-term, mid-term, and short-term goals and the expedition never stopped striving to achieve those goals, checking them off one by one until the final objective, the Behag, was achieved and the vision was fulfilled. If establishing a vision and setting goals worked for Magellan 500 years ago and for thousands of years before that, then doing the same will absolutely work for you with positive results for your organization. Let me explain how. First, to avoid Magellan's mistake of effectively operating in a vacuum, you need to involve your leadership team in the process of establishing a vision for the future and setting the goals to achieve that vision. After all, the leaders on your team are who you rely on to meet the goals. So maximize buy-in, enthusiasm, and accountability by working together to both set the vision and also establish the long-term, mid-term, and short-term goals to make that vision a reality. Because your vision for the future may be very similar to your big, hairy, audacious goal, it's often sufficient to simply use your vision as the basis for your goal setting. I recommend that you begin with setting goals to accomplish in three years, which is not too far into the future, but far enough out to be reasonable targets to strive for. Then, establish one-year goals you'll need to accomplish in the next 12 months in order to accomplish the three-year goals. Finally, consider what you'll need to accomplish in the next 90 days in order to accomplish the one-year goals. These are your quarterly goals. Once the goals are established, be certain to share all of them with the rest of your team. Again, everyone is expected to contribute to accomplishing the goals, so it only makes sense that everyone be made aware of what the goals are. This creates buy-in, excitement, loyalty, and a shared sense of teamwork and accomplishment when goals are worked on and ultimately accomplished as a group. Failing to achieve goals can happen for lots of different reasons, but a big reason is neglect. Once established, goals must be reviewed regularly to keep them top of mind, ensure that you're taking the right actions each day to reach those goals, and also to make course corrections when necessary. Sometimes thinking about accomplishing goals way out into the future can cause stress and even overwhelm, wondering how or if you will actually be able to accomplish those goals. This is why how you review your goals is critically important to accomplishing every single one of them. The short-term 90-day goals need to be the only thing that you focus on each quarter. Don't worry about what's gonna happen after 90 days or your one or three-year goals. You have the most control over what's happening today, tomorrow, or next week, but very little control over what happens beyond 90 days, and certainly not one or three years from now. I recommend that you review your 90-day goals with your leadership team at least once every two weeks, and no less than once a month. Any less, and you'll be losing sight of what you need to be accomplishing by the end of the quarter and also not giving yourself the benefit of gradual course corrections as you proceed, which greatly increases the chances that you will accomplish every one of your goals. Limit your review of the one-year goals to once every 90 days when you've completed a quarter and you're taking stock of how you did the past 90 days. This is the time when you set a new group of 90-day goals, again, making course corrections to keep you moving steadily towards the accomplishment of the one-year goals. Then it's head back down for another 90 days while you work on accomplishing the new quarterly goals. Limit your review of the three-year goals to only once a year when you've completed a year and are taking stock of how well you did accomplishing your one-year goals. This is the time when you push your three-year goals out one year into the future, set new one-year goals to accomplish over the next 12 months, and set new 90-day goals that will guide your progress over the next quarter as you strive to reach the new one-year and three-year goals. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, reviewing every two weeks, updating every 90 days, and at the end of each year, year after year after year. Again, just like the tortoise and the hare, Gradual and steady progress towards your goals inevitably ends in accomplishing them. Now, let's finish our story. The Victoria finally set sail from the Moluccas Islands for Spain on December 21st, 1521, captained by the mutineer Juan Sebastian Elcano, who I mentioned briefly earlier in the podcast. What I haven't pointed out so far is the fact that the original vision and Behag of the Magellan Expedition had nothing to do with what the expedition is most famous for, circumnavigating the globe. Continuing west from the East Indies would have violated the Treaty of Tordesillas, but Alcano and the rest of the crew had no intention of returning the way they came. A route that took over two years to complete, including four months crossing the Pacific Ocean dangerous waters in the Strait of Magellan, and once back on the Atlantic side of South America, another major ocean to cross to arrive back in Spain. Instead, the Victoria continued its journey west by way of the Cape of Good Hope, evading the Portuguese all along the way, and fully aware of the historic nature of their new goal, be the first to circumnavigate the globe. On September 6, 1522, the Victoria landed back in Spain, completing an epic journey and bestowing the honor of being the first to do so on Captain Elcano, rather than Ferdinand Magellan. Your organization may not be large, and you may not have a vision for the future as grand as charting a new route to a far-off destination on the globe, but again, what worked for Magellan 500 years ago to fulfill his vision will absolutely work for you and your small business today. Reviewing and setting new 90-day goals each quarter takes about one hour. The year-end review takes quite a bit more effort, but the investment of time in both is well worth it and essential to making your vision for the future a reality rather than just a pipe dream. Brittany and I met last week, just before Christmas, to do our year-end goal setting. We reviewed our 90-day and one-year goals and pushed our three-year goals out one more year into the future. And our meeting was three hours, so it wasn't short. The process was tedious, it took a great deal of thought, creativity, and imagination, as goal setting usually does, but I walked away exhilarated and recharged for next year. We accomplished many great things this year and put in place a solid set of goals for the next quarter, year, and three years. All goals that I know we will accomplish, if not exactly on schedule, eventually. It's inevitable. When you set goals, follow a process for working on them, you will eventually accomplish them. If you haven't set your goals for the coming year, make a point to get it done. So you're charting a path into future that is less guesswork and fly by the seat of your pants and much more of a certainty, much more of a sure thing. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much, as always, for being a listener. If you like the show, please be sure to share it with your friends and your colleagues. I look forward to being back with you again in two weeks. Until then, stay focused on your freedom.